You know what sucks? Shopping for trucker's insurance. You know what sucks more? Not having it. You want to know how to fix that? Call 800-347-5373 and let the trucking insurance experts at Rev help you get the coverage you need without breaking the bank. Rev specializes in providing insurance of all types to small fleet owners and independent owner operators. Whether local, short haul, or long haul, Rev Insurance can get you covered at a price that fits your budget. From liability damages and cargo to workers' compensation and surety bonds, Rev has your back while you're out there on the road. Call 800-347-5373 or visit www.revinsurance.com. That's R-E-V. I-N-S-U-R-A-N-C-E dot com. That's 800-347-5373. Rev Insurance knows truckers because they only work with truckers. Attention all truckers, it's Troy with Talk CDL. If you're looking for a new job, try NCI at 844-311-7076. They offer great equipment, great benefits, a great working atmosphere, and more importantly, a great steady income week after week after week. This carrier is actually owned by their own shipper. Pick up the phone if you're interested and call 844 844- 311-7076 and never run out of freight again. And tell them ToxEDL sent you. Hey truck drivers, I want to talk to you real quick about an invention that was invented by a trucker for truckers. It's a tool called Magnus Stop. Basically, if you want to slide your axles hassle-free without needing any help, it's a little 4 by 5 inch tool. It utilizes a pin and a magnet. Crazy simple. I'm surprised nobody ever invented it before. Anyways, you merely stop, get out, pull your pin, Put your Magnus Stop device in the hole right beside the hole you want it to stop at. Then you either pull forward or you back up. Magnus Stop stops you exactly where you need to be stopped every single time. It's durable. It's very affordable. It's $49.95. If you mention Talk CDL online in the promo code, you get $10 off. So it's now only $39.95 for Talk CDL viewers, which is an awesome, awesome deal. Magnus Stop is the tool you need today, and you can get it at magnusstop.online. That's M-A-G-N-A-S-T-O-P dot online. Check it out and let us know here at Talk CDL how that product is working out for you. Thank you. Oh, and it's also free shipping and handling. It doesn't get any better than that. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. What a concept, what a thought, what a dream. I knew a young boy, probably five, six years old, had a dream getting in one of those big semi-trucks, driving out there, out in the open road. The young kid's dream to grow up around the smell of the grease and the diesel, get to go on trips. And that big old truck kind of wears on you. The smell, the feeling, the ride, 
A young boy can be shaped by his surroundings. This young boy, I knew he grew up around it. While other kids were going to football practice, studying their homework. This young kid, maybe by now he was 12, 13, helping out, helping out in his grandfather's garage. He paid to sweep the garage, but he also got to get on the creepers, get underneath that truck, grease it. He got to break down the tires back when tires had that ring and they had tubes. A damn breaker bar probably weighed more than that kid. At least it felt like it. But to go home and then get that phone call from your grandfather a couple times a week. Hey, you want to go with? You want to go with Pap tomorrow? Well, two, three o'clock in the morning, a young boy would get up and he'd have to walk down a mountain, down a dirt road in the dead of the night. It was about a good mile walk. It was a good steep mountain walk. Route 61. Route 61, southbound. Outside of Schuylkill, Haven, Pennsylvania. A 12-year-old boy would meet his grandfather, climb up in that international cab over, and jump in there, and his granddad would have a, a fried egg sandwich with butter and ketchup. He'd have one for himself, one for that 12-year-old boy. Thermos full of milk and a banana. I remember those trips. Probably about 45 minutes into that trip, that young boy would already be eating that egg sandwich. The egg sandwich was supposed to be when, when we got to Philly or to Jersey to dump that coal. That egg sandwich was so good. It was so unique. Just couple broken eggs with butter and ketchup. That was a trucker special back then or what? Man, that was so good. 90 miles. 90 miles in that cab over. A young boy would crawl back there. Actually crawl up over what they called the dog box. Back then a, a cab over had a, a big giant hump in the middle between the two seats. In fact, the hump was probably a foot higher than the seats itself. You crawled up on there. You scooted back there in that bunk. Man, the young, young guys can be so sculpted, so shaped just by those memories that you build up week after week as a young guy. We'd get down to Philly, still be dark. That boy's grandfather, he had the key to the Local school in Philadelphia. He'd open up that fence. And it was one of those fences that were probably 20-some feet high. Roll that thing back. We'd back in off the... Can't even remember what the street was in Philadelphia. Right in the heart. And back in. Unlatch the back. Set the PTO up. Put that trailer up in the air. The coal would come right out. Sometimes it wouldn't, though. Sometimes in the winter, some of the water would freeze. And you'd have a... Maybe a ton maybe more than a ton stuck up there in the nose. You'd have to bang it up a little bit. Finally, it would come down. Man, while my friends were sleeping at home and getting ready to go to midget football on a Saturday, there I was, 5.30 in the morning, 
pulling out of a schoolyard in Philadelphia in a tractor trailer. Man, on our way back, we'd stop. There's so many little diners my grandfather knew about. And they, every one of those truck stop diners, there wasn't one thing that wasn't delicious, except for the scrapple. Oh, my grandfather loved that. I don't know if that was a trucker thing either. It's a Pennsylvania thing. Scrapple. Cut little slivers off the block and fry it, and he'd put maple syrup on it. Every time he'd get that, man, it would gross me out. Back to Schuylkillhaven. We were back by 10, 11 o'clock in the morning at the latest. Before we got back there, we always went to one of the breakers, one of the coal breakers, and we'd load. Now get this. Coal in Pennsylvania is anthracite coal. Coal in the West Virginia area is called petuminous coal. Anthracite's a hard coal, and that's what they mine in Pennsylvania. Petuminous is, is a soft coal. Pennsylvania, they come in all sizes. You know, when you're a coal hauler, you know all that stuff. They have one called rice coal, one called nut coal, barley coal, pea coal, and that was all different sizes. And we'd pull into one of the breakers. My grandfather had already, already had the order for the next day. And we would get under that breaker. I'm going to tell you, a lot of them breakers, I remember Rosa and, uh, man, I can't remember some of the names of all those brokers, breakers back then, them coal breakers where they broke up the coal and they, you pulled underneath it and it would just load you right up. But uh, we'd pick up a load of coal, he'd weigh out. By the time we got home, we probably lost 400 pounds just in water draining out of that coal. At least once a week. Back then, when you were a trucker, Back then, there was always a tire to fix. Something else, too. If you went five days without a flat, you were lucky. Cut pulling in and out those breakers. I'm not kidding you. Wasn't it ain't like it is today. Back then, shoot, you were always picking something up. Man, when we changed those tires, we'd back up to one with our bodies, take them, take the lugs off, pop them spacers, and we'd lift that out with our back. Hey, imagine that. There I was, 12, 13-year-old kid, picking, trying to pick the damn tire up, but I, could, I got it. I was a strong young man. You had to break that tire down, patch the tube, put it back in, blow it up, and put it back on. Man, the smell of that garage. I just, I could, I could close my eyes every time, and I could smell... I could smell the tires and the grease in that garage. And that that air compressor would kick on. Man, that was really awesome times for a young man. Man, and then next thing you know, that old man's got you in that truck. And he's standing outside, and he's making you back it up, and he's yelling, give it more left, give it more right. I tell you what, when you're backing up a coal trailer, and things jack fast, nothing like a 53-foot dry van. You turn turn a little bit, nothing goes. You got to really, he used to call it, follow it around, follow it around. The garage was right there. The garage, the entrance to his garage was, I'm not kidding you, three to five feet from the street. Now, his garage was at the end of a road in Schuylkillhaven, Pennsylvania. It was called St. Charles Street. It actually went down to where the uh, 
uh, sewer sewer plant is where the city had the uh, sewer system going on. And uh, right across the street from him was the fence to that sewer plant. So you couldn't pull, you couldn't like set up and straight line back in his garage and you couldn't pull up and do a, a, a 90. You couldn't do a 45 even. So what you had to do is you had to straddle the garage and then pull out and then jack your, your cab. And then you had, to, you had to come in and hit that perfectly into this garage with, with his trailer. And so you'd be, you'd be giving it some right turn to make that left, you know, make that trailer come left. And then he'd say, follow it around, follow it around, follow it. And that meant give it all the left you can. He'd say, follow it, follow that trailer. And old timers had a way of teaching differently than they do now. Not that the way they teach now is bad. It's just that they had their way back then. And he was a very, very patient man. But so that young man learned how to back a truck up before he ever learned how to go forward. Before he ever learned how to shift a gear, he had to learn to back that truck up. He had to learn how to crank that down and unhook it and hook it. He had to learn how to uh, grease that truck. He had to learn how to change those tires. He had to learn how to do everything. And that went on for a long, for a long, long time, many, many years, before he was allowed to get up in that cab over and actually make it move. What a dream. What a dream to lay there at night thinking about being out there on the road. It's ironic that one of my closest friends when I was probably 11, 12 years old, his dad, his daddy was a over-the-road trucker. My grandfather, he was what you would call a local trucker. He would drive that truck down to Philly 90 miles and he'd come back. Or he'd have to go over to Jersey and then back. But he hardly ever went anywhere else. Never really did Maryland. Every now and then, we'd take a load out to the steel, the steel plants out in Pittsburgh, out to uh, Johnstown. And man, that was something to see when you had to go out there. That was a that was an all-day trip there. That was a good four hours to get there from Schuylkill Haven. I think that's about what it was, man. But anyways, my friend he had a over-the-road trucker as a daddy his name was Bob my friend's name was Warren and his daddy was named Bob Bobby something like that this real tall skinny guy he was one of those guys that literally would had a I don't know what kind of jeans but he always wore a pair of jeans and he had the cowboy boots always on whenever he'd come home from the road he had them cowboy boots on and he had one of them big big belt buckles I can't remember if it was a Peter Bill or Kenworth or Whatever it was. Boy, I wish I had some of them belt buckles my grandfather wore. Wow. Never thought that they'd be important growing up. Boy, you take so much for granted. So then you have a young man with a dream. And next thing you know, he's a teenager. Puberty. Hormones. All that crap is going on. Next thing you know, you're meeting girls. And going out at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning with your grandfather isn't so important anymore. Your friends chasing girls, shooting pool, becomes a priority to a young, immature. Next thing you know, you're passing years by. And then you get a phone call from your grandfather. 
Next thing you know, you're 17. You hadn't really seen him much in the last three, four years. And you start going back on the road with him once or twice a week. And he wants to, he wants to give you his business. But a young man that's chasing tail and thinks his friends are more important is not cut out to be in business. You're now 21, 22. Your grandfather dies. Your mentor, the guy that taught you everything you knew up to that point about an 18-wheeler, and you're sitting there, and because you gave that up, them dreams come back. They were kind of hidden for a few years. You got the shits of the sales world and all that stuff and all that tail chasing you did and all them friends you hung around with. Half of them are dead, maybe in jail. That tail you chased so much, you screwed that up. And you see a commercial for Allstate Trucking Career, Leicester, Pennsylvania. Down by Philly. Man, wow. If I would have just stayed with my grandfather, I would never be looking at this commercial. I'd already be years into a career. And the owner of a truck or two, maybe with a driver. But now there's that young man with those dreams coming back, looking at this commercial sitting in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. What do I do? What does that young man do? Hadn't done much up to that point in his life. Chased tail, got in trouble. Never stopped thinking about those truckers and those possible dreams of just being out there on the road, independent. And now here you are. You think... At this point, how could I? So, for the hell of it, let's call that number. Hello? Yeah, I could come down. Sure. I'll come down and talk to your people. Absolutely. So that young man drives down to Philly. You know, it's already 90 miles. And you're told... Here's the price. I can't even remember the price. I want to say 5500 7000 I don't. I don't know. Shit. And have two nickels to rub together. How's that young man going to come up with that kind of money? But you know what? The school said, hey, stop at a bank. There's a thing called a Pell Grant. Go ahead and see if they'll give you one. And you don't have to pay that back. And so stopping at the bank... You find out that you do qualify, and it's $1,500. So now you already have maybe 25% of that trucking school paid for. And the next thing you know, you work it out. And at the time, if you really want to know, this young man had qualified to collect unemployment from his previous job. And so now you've got a school, 
and a Sally, what was it called? Sally and Freddie Mac loan or something like that. You're now qualified and have your school already paid for. You could actually become a trucker, something you should have became years ago. Now you get to go to that trucking school and you get to tell them when you get down there, you already know how to drive a truck. I'm a trucker. You already know how that's going to go when you try to brag about something you really aren't. Trucking ain't just about knowing how to drive a truck. And so now, 22 weeks. 22 weeks in Leicester, Pennsylvania. 22 weeks. 11 in class. 11 on the skid pad. 22 weeks. Class of about, I'd say 20. Back then, at Lest- in Leicester, Pennsylvania, at Allstate Career, on the same complex, J.B. Hunt used to be a trucking company that would put their truck drivers through school also. So there was all kind of classes going on down there. The, the J.B. Hunt school was right there. Allstate was right there. It was right by the airport. And every day, five days a week, every day, you had to be in Leicester. I believe it was 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock it started. And so you had to leave, you know, you wanted to leave. If you left at six o'clock and you seriously sped like a crazy man, you can beat it. But you got to remember for all you folks out there that have been in the Philadelphia area. If you're coming from Schuylkill County to Philadelphia back then, you ran 61 down to 422 in Reading. Well, I want to tell you, once you got to Reading, If you didn't hit the traffic right, you were in traffic. So you ran 422 down to what was called the Blue Route. Excuse me. Actually, no, you ran it down to 76. And 76, I think you just went one exit, and then you jumped on the Blue Route. The Blue The Blue Blue. Sound like Ruth Ann. The Blue Route was called 476. You ran that thing south. I believe it was from there, 15, 20 miles. But I'll tell you, that road was nuts. I got to tell you, I don't remember exactly when I started, but it was in winter. And that winter was the probably iciest winters on record. I couldn't tell you how many ice storms I had to go from Pottsville to Philly and then back every day. 180 miles round trip. I had bought a car. I had bought a car off of my mom and dad. I believe I paid five or $600 for it. And it was a really good car. It was a Ford LTD2, if anybody remembers what that car was. It was kind of a funky car. My mom and dad had it painted. It was like a neon green, kind of glowed. It stuck out like a sore thumb. And so there I was driving to Philly in an LTD2 every day. And every day I'd go down there and I'd be in the classroom. I remember the guy, the instructor's name was LT, short, skinny little guy, super cool. He really gave us a lot of good advice. But we studied every day, every single day. We watched films, we studied, we were tested every day. I remember when we finally get out into the range, the shittiest trucks you can ever use. Now, Grant, I'm telling you, Allstate Career is a very good, a very good trucking school, very good. But man, some of those range trucks, they were just, I'm telling you, I doubt they would have been road ready ever from that point on. But so we learned how to back, parallel park, serpentine back. I'm sure y'all understand and remember that stuff. We learned how to shift. 
which honestly I knew how to shift, but we learned how to shift again. Then test time came, and I gotta tell you, one of the coolest things, and I was always one of those guys that in regular school, high school, I hated tests. I hated school and I hated homework. I was not a guy meant for school, at least back then. But when you do something you really like and love, it's easy. And so on the very first time we went to take our endorsements for our permit, hazmat, doubles and triples, tankers, air brakes, which is and general knowledge, and I guess that's it, hazmat tank, doubles, triples, hazmat, all that stuff. Probably said it, repeated myself, but anyways. One day, took every single test and passed every single test. Not saying I'm anything special, because I'm by far not the smartest guy in the world. But it was so cool. The one big thing that made me nervous, but man, Allstate really drilled it in our head, was that pre-trip. I'll never forget doing that pre-trip. Walking up, saying what you have to say as you're approaching going all the way way down to one side and you start with the, you know, lifting the hood and you show them everything, you show them how to do the air and blah, 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 go down. If you did it right back then, they didn't make you do the other side. One side, you'd have so many points, you get to the end, you'd be like, you're good. Why waste my time listening to you tell me the same thing about the other side? In fact, the other side's less. So there I am, there I am. And I pass my driving test, I passed my pre-trip, passed all my endorsements. And so I come back to Schuylkill County and a friend of mine that used to party where I partied, his name was Scott Tucker. Really nice guy, actually. He was kind of a serious guy, but he had worked in the union for this trucking company in Reading, Pennsylvania. Now here I am and all my friends that I had met at the trucking school, they were all crazy. They were going, oh, I'm going with MS Carriers. I'm going with J.B. Hunt. I'm going with... They had all these trucking companies they were going with. All the recruiters had come there and recruited everybody. But my buddy Scott, man, he's like, hey, man, try the local thing. And all I ever really knew was Pennsylvania and New Jersey type of trucking anyways. And Scott's like, hey, we, you know, I do Brooklyn two, three times a week. It's real easy. And you know what? I said, all right, I'll, I'll apply. Got the job. Now, today, you go with a new trucking company, you get in that truck, you're with a trainer for a couple weeks at least. Back then, they road tested me, and they put me with a driver. I believe, I think it was maybe two different drivers for one day each. Went to Staten Island, came back, in fact, my first trip, my very first trip coming back into New Jersey, snowstorm, and I had to come down that hill. And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to slide, I'm going to slide. No, I didn't. It was pretty simple but anyways two days is all I went with somebody now this job this particular job you had to unload and these were heavy hundred pound sacks of flour and we unloaded in the bakeries in Brooklyn bagel shops it was a really cool job because everywhere you went everybody was feeding you I'm a foodie but anyways what was really cool about that job you had a helper that goes with you he helped unload but that helper knew New York City so I cut my teeth my first job in New York City. And I gotta be honest with you, it didn't bother me. I like New York. Food is awesome. You go up there, you're on the clock. In fact, if you're on the clock going to New York, man, you're gonna make money because you can't just zip in and zip out. We'd zip in pretty easy though in the early morning. But I gotta tell you, I stayed with that job less than a year, less than a year. And something happened to me that year. I met somebody. Her name is Ruth Ann. Oh yeah. You see, I had really wasn't going to the club as much as I used to. 
And I walked in one night after getting off from my trucking job. And I was half tired. And there she was, shooting pool, smiling. Well, we know from there, her and I would never be apart. And so I was so tired from that job that I decided to try an over-the-road job. Great Coastal, Chester, Pennsylvania. Or, sorry, I apologize, Chester, Virginia. Down there off 95. You know, it was okay. But I got to be honest with you, my very first trip as, as an over-the-road truck driver... I got in the truck, and the very first load that that they gave me was a load to Valparaiso, Indiana. And I got to tell you, my very first trip, I was going out 30 in Ohio, and I know all truckers know Route 30 runs east and west. I was so tired. I'd never driven a trip like that. I was used to going 90 miles to New York and back, or 110 miles and back. It was nothing being in and out of the truck all day. Now, I'm all the way from Chester, Virginia, and going to Indiana nonstop. And I get to Ohio, and I pull into weirdest little rest area on the side of the road, and I pull alongside another truck, and there's two other trucks in front of me. And I crawl back in the bunk, and somehow, I started dreaming that I was driving, and I realized I was sleeping. And I'll never forget diving through those curtains and grabbing onto the wheel. And there was two guys standing out in front of my truck, just talking. And all you could see is a snicker on both their faces. I don't know what they were thinking. What the hell's that kid screaming at? But I gotta tell you, I got the bug. It was just like I knew it would be. Driving that truck, being gone, being in one state today, being in another state tomorrow was always what I dreamed about. All my other friends, they were busy doing other things, going to college. Not me, man. It wasn't for me. Shit, high school wasn't for me. I know college was going to be even worse. But I got to tell you, me and a trucker, it's a lifetime of it. It's a mindset. It's a lifestyle. Man, I'll tell you what. You meet people out there on the road, and you tell them you're a truck driver, and they back away fast. They look at you like, I don't know, like you're trouble? I have no idea. At least that's the people I've met. And I meet people when I used to meet them when I was a young guy, and I would be like, I'm a trucker. <laughs> Hey, what do you do? What do you do, Troy? I'm a trucker, man. I drive trucks. I drive them big trucks. Oh. 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 And you start realizing the rest of the world looks down on truckers. Unless they come from a trucker family. Unless they're married to a trucker or they had a friend that's a trucker and they understand what truckers really go through. You meet somebody that's Nothing to do with trucking. And say, I'm a trucker. Oh. Are ya? I'm telling you. It's never a great reaction. At least it wasn't for me. But here I am. That young boy. Had a dream. 
that dream. It's a life. It's a lifestyle. That's why the industry has so much turnover. People just hear you can make money. Or, hey, I just sit in a seat and drive. That's not trucking. And any man or woman that does it for the money or just jumps in the seat thinking, gather them big checks and be on a traveling vacation for a job the rest of their life, they get hit with reality fast. But if you love it, if you've been thinking of it, you're going to be great at it. If you get excited just seeing one coming down the road, you're a trucker. If you love the smell, if you think that running 3,000 miles a week is fun, seriously, if you know it's just routine, if you come home from trucking, you're gone two, three weeks, and God bless your families. But after two, three days, you're ready to get back in that truck and go again. I tell you right now, you're definitely a trucker. That's probably one of the biggest signs. You know, I love Ruth Ann. But I tell you, and I loved coming home to her. Always had a smile on her face. But I'll tell you what, the next day, I was really ready to get back out there. Put my hands on that wheel and just go. Just pulling out, cruising along, backing in some duck. Get another load. Boy, I tell you, the excitement, the excitement out there when you're a long haul trucker, especially if you don't, if you're not pre-planned, just going, oh, I wonder where I'm going next. Where am I going next? I bet you I'm going here. Oh, I bet you I'm going there. Well, I hope I'm going here. Boy, I sure hope they give me a load there. Honestly, this is trucking, baby. You guys out there know, and you gals, Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anybody that's confused over this podcast, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. It's obvious. You truckers, I love you guys, man. This is our life. And yeah, some people think we're just truckers. Some people think we're just dumbass truckers. But you know what? I'm happy to say I am just a trucker. I mean it. It's a good, good, healthy living. Good, healthy living. So yeah, I am just a trucker. I'm, I don't need to be anything more than a trucker. Working in trucking. I'm happy to be a dumbass trucker. Truly, I am. A young boy truly, truly completed that dream. You only wish your grandfather could be there to see that dream come true. I'm out of here. Peace. Praise the Lord.